Welcome to Fitzarns Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative and interesting industry experts, stakeholders and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market. Good morning. Welcome back to Fitzanne's Property Exchange. We're going to discuss a rather interesting topic today. Annual audits and what is required from auditors to make sure that we 100% comply with legislations on both sectional title and homeowners associations. Allow me to introduce Chantal Gibb, a professional accountant at MG Tauter Registered Auditors with 13 years of experience assisting with any audit or accounting needs. MG Tauter Registered Auditors specialize in sectional title management auditing and conduct over 2,000 audits annually. Good morning, Chantal, and welcome. Hello, Bill. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. This is an interesting topic. Yes, certainly. So let's kick off because I'm sure our listeners need to know about this and there's a few things I'm unclear about as well. No problem. Thanks. Can you give us an overview of the financial management requirements of sectional title scheme, specifically the SDSM Act, Act 8 of 2011, and how this differs from previous legislation? So the, the new act that was established in 2016, October, was more in detail on what is expected from a body corporate, where the previous act was more broad spectrum of the idea of how a body corporate should be managed. So the, the idea behind the new act is to protect the owners and to make sure that no corruption takes place and as well to have money aside to maintain the maintenance within the body corporate, which was struggling to get that done with the previous act that did not have any requirements for that. And how does that fit into your auditing process? So we have to look at the, the, the new act and the requirements of the act. So we read through the management regulations of the new act, specifically regulation 21, 24 and 26. This is where it shows you what the financial management should look like and what is required by the trustees and how you should implement that in an audit of a body corporate. Okay, so do I understand you correctly? In the audit process or in the audit letter, you have to report as auditor on the compliance of each sectional title scheme. Yes, that is correct. In each and every audit report done for a body corporate, you have to establish what was done according to these regulations. Okay, 21, 24 and 26. Right, we should have a look at that. What are the key financial records that trustees or scheme executives are required to maintain under the Act? And how should these records be kept? So in other words, if we prepare for an audit to be handed over to you guys, what exactly is necessary? So definitely separate books of accounts on a monthly basis done for the body corporate for the administrative fund as well as the reserve fund. This means that there should be 12 month statements 
for all income expenses as well as any other transactions that took place for both the administrator fund as well as the reserve fund. Then further, it says that you the trustees have to make sure financial statements are repaired on an annual basis, a 10-year maintenance plan is reviewed on an annual basis, budgets are compiled, and a chairman's report is typed up on an annual basis. These records should be kept for maximum of six years, the paper records as well as the online records. Oh, wow, both. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Okay, so in other words, for example, if a situation took place where maintenance needed to be done, hopefully strictly in accordance with an approved maintenance plan, and funds need to be transferred from the reserve account to the current or operational account, does the auditor need to be supplied with proof whether trustees actually gave permission for that transfer to take place? Yes, according to Management Regulation 24, when you take money from the reserve fund in order to implement the 10-year maintenance plan, these funds can only be withdrawn with a signed trustee resolution approving the withdrawal as well as explaining the reason of the withdrawal. This should be done with every single withdrawal made. Okay. All right. So say, for example, a budget was accepted, specifically including a schedule with special contributions for this reserve or future maintenance. Is it necessary for the body corporates to have these funds transferred to the reserve fund account every month before the actual maintenance takes place? And are these items that you as auditors check on or peruse to make sure that it's done? Yes, the contribution to the reserve fund must be done annually and it excludes any projects that you're planning for. So it doesn't matter if you did budget for painting a wall or fixing a roof, you still have to contribute annually to the reserve fund. There's a specific calculation done in the Act on the how the contribution should take place and this calculation is audited by the auditors as well on an annual basis. Okay. I just want to make sure that I understand this, and this is how we were taught, and, and you need to confirm whether I'm correct or not. An audit report usually consists of four parts, mainly four parts. There's a few other things in there as well. But the main things that the client should have a look at is firstly the audit letter, because that would direct their attention to matters of importance, either non-compliance or perhaps a qualification on a statement. The second thing is the balance sheet, which is a summary of the assets and liabilities. Thirdly, it's the income and expenditure statement, which is usually the most familiar portion of the audit report because the scheme executives receives monthly analysis, cash flow analysis of the income and expenditure. And that statement on the report merely reflects the summary of the past 12 months. And then, of course, the notes, explanatory notes. Am I right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Do you find that clients mostly ignore the audit letter and, and why do you think it should be extremely important for them to read through the audit letter? I think um, 
they might find it a bit confusing because not all trustees have the background that we do in order to understand the wording within the letter. But it is of most important for them to understand exactly what we are saying and where their concerns are in order for them to get it resolved before the next financial year. What would you consider examples of qualifications on an audit report? So firstly, when an auditor has to report on the Sectional Scheme Act and its regulations within it, we won't qualify an audit report because you don't have a tenure plan or you didn't contribute to the reserve fund. These items will be seen as a report on other legal and regulatory requirements. So when we qualify an audit report, that means we found something else wrong with the financial statements that does not come from the Sectional Schemes Act. For example, um, financial information went missing and we couldn't confirm 12 months income and expenses or a client can't confirm a bank statement to show exactly how much they have in the investment account or a takeover was done from a previous managing agent and we can't confirm the opening balances. That will result in a qualified audit opinion. Okay. All right. Something like a body corporate and God forbid this is not the situation all over, where the liabilities exceed the assets, is that also an example of a qualification on a statement? No, we call it an emphasis of matter, just to say that the liabilities exceed the assets and then we explain how a body corporate works and whether it is an emphasis or not. So it won't result in a qualified opinion, but there will be an emphasis of matter in the report itself. Okay, would the auditor, if that is read by one of its members and obviously raises great concern, would there be a recommendation from the auditor's side how to rectify the situation, as per my example? Um, yes, I think there would be. It, it would depend on the reason why the liabilities exceed the assets and how it can be resolved. I'm sure there would be steps to be taken. Okay. Chantal? During the audit process, what are some common issues that arise during audits of sectional title schemes and how can trustees or the managing agent doing this on their behalf avoid these issues? I think the, the most common items we found in the last few audits we did was this still the struggling of, of getting to the reserve fund, doing the contribution to the reserve fund. I think it's a, it's a bit of a strain on the body corporates and not everyone can contribute what they are supposed to contribute and that results in, in a report on other legal requirements in our audit report. And I, 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 I don't really know if there's a solution because the act clearly states the calculation and we can't really modify it, but it would be nice if we can get a solution to, to resolve something like this. Okay, this makes me think if an owner wants to sell their property and the prospective buyer that is going to have this property bonded, surely the bondholder would require a copy of the latest financial statements and if the audit letter states something like your liabilities exceed your assets or there is no reserve fund or a maintenance plan has not been approved, surely that can be detrimental to 
the sales transaction as such, because if I were the bondholder, this would make me very worried whether investment in this specific scheme is good. So it must be extremely important to comply with with all of the requirements. Yes, I definitely agree with you. It is quite catch-22 situation. I think everyone has to comply to the regulations, but everyone has their own circumstances. But yes, a bondholder will definitely look at these statements and if the liabilities exceed the assets, I'm sure the, the bondholder will have questions on that. Okay, so if you find serious non-compliance or matters that need to be officially qualified, what obligation is there on auditors as yourselves to report this and where is it reported to and what happens thereafter? So um, when we qualify an audit report, we only report it to the, to the members of the body corporate by means of the audit report and the wording within the report. If there is a reportable irregularity, we have to report it to ERBA, that's the International Board of Auditors, we send them letters, for example, if a body corporate did not submit income tax returns and they owe such an amount that is, uh, in our opinion, a big amount, then we would report this to ERBA and ERBA will most probably take it up with SARS and SARS will most probably take it up with the client. Mm, okay. So it's only actually serious when when money is owed to SARS. Yeah. Say, for example... A managing agent gives reports on, on their monthly cash flow statements of a reserve account in the amount of 300000 But you, as auditors, have requested proof of this bank balance and it's not being supplied. Is that also, also a matter that is reported to ERBA or is that merely reported in your audit letter that goes to all the members? That will only be reported in the audit letter going to the members. Only when we, ERBA is when money is due to someone and we are not sure if that someone is going to get the money. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Perhaps ERBA should change their rules. <laughs> <laughs> okay, finally, and I think we have touched slightly on this matter, what advice would you give to trustees who are struggling to comply with the financial management and audit requirements of the Act? And how can auditors assist them in meeting these requirements? I'm not sure an auditor can assist because by the time the auditor gets involved, the financial year has already lapsed. But true, I think true. I haven't thought of that. You're quite right. Yeah, so um, we can only advise on, on future problems, but we can't really fix problems that already took place. But I think the biggest advice for a trustee is to be involved. Don't appoint a managing agent and sit back and think everything is going well. I think it's more important for a trustee to be involved in, and make sure everything is done according to the Act. I cannot agree with you more. Okay, Chantal, so lastly... If this audit report, perhaps with either qualifications or recommendations or matters of concern, is reported in the audit letter, something trustees could perhaps not answer, would you as auditor be willing to attend meetings to discuss and explain the content of either the audit letter or the whole financial report? 
Yes, I'm sure we'll be able to attend any meetings to assist in any way. It's just a bit difficult for us to attend meetings if it's not within our working hours. Okay, so there might be additional cost involved. Uh, yeah, well, it depends what the meeting in, entails and if we did the audit or did not do the audit or when do they want the meetings. But yeah, we'll definitely assist and there might be costs involved. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And there's quite a few things, light bulbs that came up for me. I really appreciate sharing your knowledge with us and how things should be done. So trustees, scheme executives, this is just another reminder. Please get yourself educated. Knowledge is indeed power. And rather, as Chantal said, do things right beforehand, because by the time documentation reaches the auditor to prepare the financials, there's not much one can do to rectify. So please go to our website. We offer trustee training and all of this can help you to run your scheme smoothly. Chantal, would you please tell us where our clients can reach MG Delta or yourself? Okay, so uh, MG Delta is based in Pretoria. You can phone us by 012-460-8679 or you can send us an email to info, I-N-F-O, at mgtauta.co.za. Thank you very much. Until next time. This was Fitzsound's Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. Make sure to visit www.fitzon.co.za to find out more about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trustee training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.